welcome to episode number three of the Lunch Table Podcast, where boys become men. I'm your host, Gunter Schroeder, alongside my two co-hosts, Will Duncan and Sam Veith. Say hello. Hey, what's up, guys? Yo, what's going on? All right, so we're going to recap the ALDS matchups from last week, as well as look at what has happened so far in the ALCS and NLCS, as well as looking ahead to the World Series. And then we will recap NFL Week 5 with some big results, big coaching changes, and then some predictions for Week 6 as well. Let's uh, let's get it started. All right, so let's start off with the first ALDS series, Rays versus Yankees. Rays win in five games. Uh, were you really expecting the Rays to have a, a big fight with the Yankees like this? Like, did you expect the series to go as far as it did, do you think? I mean, yeah. I kind of I, I feel for the Yankees a little bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're not – they're always kind of up there in the postseason, but I feel yeah. like I, – I I was not surprised the Yankees put up a good fight like they did. I, I always expect the Yankees to play like how they did, but I feel like – I mean, I feel like the Rays were the better team, but I'm not surprised how it went. I think that was a, definitely a good game. Um. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really watch the series that much, but um, I definitely thought like those are probably the best two teams in the American League right now. So, I kind of figured that they would both be like it was, was going to be a good series. I was thinking four games because the Rays they went up two zero, right? Um, I think the Yankees actually won game one. Yeah. So it was two one yeah, in game the, three. So I kinda I kinda assumed it would just go to four games and yeah. then the Rays would win. But I mean it did stretch out to game five, but I mean yeah. the Rays won, so yeah. the Yankees definitely did put up a good fight. They had uh they had a lot of bats get hot over the, the course of their postseason run, although it may have been a little short. I think their pitching could have been a little bit better, you know, after Garrett Cole it kinda dropped off a little bit, you know. J.A. Happ didn't have the greatest outing in, one, in uh, I believe it was game number three. He kind of got rocked, got a, a couple home runs hit off of him. I think the Yankees this offseason are probably going to want to focus on more pitching depth, which is seems kind of crazy to say because, you know, they have guys like Garrett Cole now who they're paying almost $40 million a year. Luis Severino has been pretty good, but he was just out this year. They could maybe go after Trevor Bauer. I mean, the Yankees never really run out of money, do they? So I think if they if they're going to go after something this offseason, I think they should go after another really good starting pitcher to kind of bolster their rotation a little bit. Uh, the thing is, is like I not trying to jump in, but I think you can also give credit to some of the Rays players. Yeah, Rosarena, yeah, the Rays he had, had a really Rays, good series. Yeah, the Rays um, were yeah. were really good. I, yeah, Rosarena had he had, has a, had a monster postseason so really far. Good. I believe he had four or five home runs in the entire postseason through the ALDS, and then he hit two more in the ALCS. Yeah, he's up there leading he's with been, home runs in the postseason. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's been ridiculous. He's also, um, what was it? It was like most hits in the postseason. He's at 21, yeah, he, he's and the next like, one's Derek Jeter at 22, and then he takes the record. He's been hitting for like yeah. 321 so. in the postseason. He's, he's been on fire for sure. Carrying the Rays offense, kind of coming out of nowhere, uh, another trend where the yeah. Rays just kind of find guys that they can plug and play, and then they, you know, they have monster years. You know, the Rays players, they definitely deserve to win. But I do. Yankees had a lot of setbacks, like yeah. I, the like that little like, kind of viral clip of Aaron Judge hitting his head on the on the wall, going for that home uh, run. Yeah, that that was I felt for that. The Yankees did have their moments. That was though. a very robbable uh, home run, and they it's, they just like plays like that. They were just like the Yankees are kind of it's just kind of like the that. Yankee, yeah, well, Giancarlo oh. Stanton had that absolute bomb. Off Tyler Glasnow, where yeah. he hit it all the way Stanton. into the, the upper deck of Petco Park, which is very difficult to do. I think the Yankees should not be too angry at themselves. They were very hot and cold this year. I think the Rays probably deserve to win that oh, yeah, series. For sure. All right, moving over to the other side of the ALDS, we had the Astros defeat the A's in four games. A little bit of a shocker. I think most people were expecting the A's to take down the Astros, and they were very disappointed when the A's did not win. Oh, obviously, everyone is not a fan of the Houston Astros at the moment after the whole sign-stealing scandal that came about mm. this offseason. But I think you have to give credit to the Astros for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they they, they did play very well against the um, A's, and I think, I mean, I guess now we know, I mean, not jump too much ahead, but we know that, I mean, the Rays are now advancing the World Series. But, yeah. I mean, in the in the uh, ALDS, they did perform, and I'll give them credit yeah. for that. So, I think, good job to yeah. them. 
I gotta be honest. Uh, I was expecting this um, going into it. Like the Astros made very few lineup changes from yeah, last year and the true. years before that. Like they they really haven't lost anyone. Their infield has stayed almost entirely the same. Their outfield has stayed entirely the same. The only thing that really changed was their pitching. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like their pitching is still good enough, despite losing Charlie Morton, not having Verlander for the yeah. rest of the season. Yeah. Like, I, I st- still thought, like, even going into this, that their lineup is still going to produce enough runs. Yeah. And they showed that against the A's, putting up 10 runs the first game and then, like, seven the second game. So, I yeah. mean, they definitely it's found a, a way. Yeah, I think the, the Astros pitching, you have to give them credit as well. You know, they've had guys come out of nowhere, you know, Garrett Cole after he was lost to the Yankees this offseason, and then Justin Verlander went down early in the season with a, a season-ending injury. They've had guys like, you know, Zach Greinke had a very, very good performance in one of the games in the ALDS. Christian Javier has been pretty good. Framber Valdez, guys that we really have not heard of before, kind of come in and give you, you know, five or six really good innings. And the and the Astros have the bullpen to close it out, you know, with guys like Roberto Osuna closing that are sometimes unhittable if they're, if they're on fire. Um, I think the A's were kind of... At a disadvantage in this series, for sure. You know, their their pitching depth is is always the problem. They they have the lineup and they have had it for years, but they weren't able to produce against the Astros pitching. But the they uh they their pitching was not very good this series. You know, they had a the one game they did win was kind of an offensive shootout as well. I think for the A's to take that next step, I think they need a you know they don't really have the money to go out and spend on a really good starting pitcher. Exactly. So I think. They need to maybe bring up some of their their prospects and see how they they fare. You know the the A's have always been you know very good at, at working with with less. Same with the Rays. You know everyone was ex- wanted like you know the small market teams, the A's and the Rays, two of the poorest teams in baseball, to make it to the AL the ALCS and show that you don't need money to win games. Yeah, and that's like that's like sometimes, unfortunately, that's what it comes like. It's literally comes down to the fact like which organization has more money, which is kind of yeah, sad. Which sucks, but because, then know. it's so. And also, you'd love to see when, like you said, organizations like the Rays yeah. go so far as to make it to the World Series, and they're one of the poorest teams in MLB. It's like yeah, they've had very very good like you know general managers like mm. you know back in back in the two thousands when you know they they traded this one prospect they had who they picked number one in the two thousand three draft Delman Young and then they traded him you know it was a whole trade tree that's uh, that's developed the Rays knew that they could get you know their max value out of him so they traded him for some more some uh, I believe like a pitcher and an infielder that were and then they made the World Series the very next year after they they traded him so I think you know teams like the Rays that are smart with what they do are almost you know I'd almost rather have that than be you know a team like the Yankees that are you know spending know 320 million dollars on on free agents in the offseason mm-hmm. i think it's uh it's better it's better to you know work with work with uh with a little less sometimes yeah all right moving on to the nlds first we had the dodgers sweep the padres in three games i think this was a little bit of a surprise to most fans that it, it only went three games with the, the dodgers pretty much dominated the padres this series you know cody bellinger had that that uh, leaping catch over the wall to rob Fernando Tatis Jr. of a home run in, in Game 2. And I think the Dodgers never really, really looked back from there. Yeah, they had a lot of momentum from that, really. I mean, I do I do think they definitely, I mean, like, I don't want to jump ahead too far, yeah. go as far as the you know, CS at the moment. But, yeah. I mean, I was kind of surprised. I really cool. thought the, Do- uh, the Padres were going to put up. It, I, I knew the Dodgers, I knew going in, I thought the Dodgers were going to take it, but I did not think it was going to be three games. I thought the talent on the field for the Padres were going to show up a little bit more. Kind of, I'm not going to say disappointed, but I do think there it was understated for the Padres in that series for sure. Yeah. Um, I We really didn't get to watch much of the games because they started at like 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's true. So I didn't really get to watch those. But um, I, when I watched like just like highlights and recaps of it, the Dodgers really just seemed to control in, from yeah. game one on. Like it, yeah. Never really looked like the Padres had a chance going in. Like, yeah. Like I mean, going like, well going in, I thought the Padres had a chance maybe to take maybe. one and maybe bring it to five games. Maybe but a little prediction said they're going to go to the NLCS. I didn't did. go too well, but you know. Yeah, but I, I still think that the uh, 
Padres disappointed. I think going in, I had expected them to get maybe one, two games, maybe pull out the series. Yeah. But, I mean, once they started playing, it really yeah. didn't look that good. They were just not they performing kind of to their... Honestly. Yeah, they really yeah. weren't performing to their standards that they yeah, that, that kinda, everyone had held to them. So. That kind of shows, I think, you know, the importance of playoff experience in a postseason like this. Like, you know, the Dodgers have been here to the playoffs, you know, these eight straight years now they've won the NL West. So, you know, this is the Padres' first postseason since 2006. It's been a long time, and it, it kind of showed that they're, they have very little to, to know uh, playoff experience on the roster. You know, it didn't really help that, you know, Mike Clevenger and Denilson Lamette were injured for the this series, you know. I think the the Dodgers pitching completely outdueled the the Padres in, in both games, or in all three games actually. You know, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias were all really good, and I think for the Padres to you know take another step forward and kind of challenge the Dodgers, I think they need to add you know maybe a few more bats in the lineup, maybe another starting pitcher because. They have some really good prospects that are going to be coming up in the next few years, and that could really, you know, elevate them to world, world series contender. I don't think they're ju- they're just yet though. I think this is a really good start for the, for the Padres though for sure because they need that that kind of playoff experience. You know, they would have made it anyway. They were excellent this year. They had the second best record in the NL. It was just that they didn't win the division because the Dodgers were there. But uh, I I think the Padres should, you know, although they. They got swept. I think they should be proud of what they accomplished this season for sure. Agreed, for sure. They still put up really good numbers. I mean, when you're in the, when you're in a, a, a division with the Dodgers, I mean that's that's some that's kind of unfortunate, I guess, because yeah, they put up the best be, record, it's be second tough. best. So, yeah. so yeah, I definitely think they should leave, leave this MLB season heads high. They did yeah. not. They performed really well, and they should go off from that. And then they're only going to get better, really. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, there's not much to be disappointed with. You're, you're like Will said, you're in the same division as the Dodgers. You're not gonna get more than a wild card every year because, yeah. I mean, the Dodgers are gonna be a powerhouse for a long time coming now. Yeah. So you really just have to make sure that your team continues to perform because then you can have a good wild card seed and then hope you go against not as good of a team. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's not much to really complain about if you're a Padres fan. I mean, I think they they both or they all kind of knew that this was going to be a very tough series against the Dodgers, and it certainly was for them. All right, moving on to the Braves Marlins series. I think many people coming in maybe thought the Marlins were going to give the Braves a series, but they were completely outdueled all three games. Braves swept the Marlins, advanced to the NLCS for the first time in 19 years. And uh, I think the the kind of story of this was the uh, the effectiveness of of uh, the pitchers, which hasn't been you know that common this season. But uh, I think Game One definitely was a tone setter. You know, the Braves being down early and then coming back and scoring like things like eight runs after Ronald Acuna gets hit by yeah. Sandy Alcantara. I think that was a momentum switcher. And then you know the Braves really never looked back. Took the next two games with pretty. With a, it was pretty easy. It was pretty easy for the Braves to win all three games. I think. Mm, yeah, that's that's the Braves that I know. That was like those hot bats, especially towards the end in uh, later innings in the games. Even if they're down, that's the Braves I know. They come back. They have they have momentum building up. Like you said, when Acuna gets hit, that's the whole Marlins Acuna drama. But yeah, it's been, even been bes- besides that, those bats we saw in that series was the Braves that I know and the Braves that. Kind of need to show up tonight at least, but um. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's that was what I didn't expect it to be that good, but that is what I was thinking and what I was hoping was going to happen because that's what I know the Braves were capable of what they did and they showed it. So I'm yeah. really glad that was the outcome. Yeah, of that. I I think we're slowly making we're slowly making steps. What do you think, Sam? Um. Uh, I got to give it to the pitching this time. I mean, the bats definitely, I mean, the bats are going to win the games. Like, you don't win games by scoring zero runs. You win game by scoring runs. But, I mean, the pitching allowed us to shut them down while still hitting. So, even if we didn't get, like, 14 runs in an inning, if we put up one run and then we shut them out for four innings, then we started picking it up in the later innings. There we it puts less stress on the batters, and I mm. feel like that's one of the things that the Braves sometimes have trouble with 
Because if you look back to the the Cincinnati series, when there was a lot of pressure on the Braves to perform and to hit, they were taking big cuts at these fastballs and curveballs, and it was leading us to just have a lot of strikeouts. Like, if you look at game one, there was 30, what, 35, 30, 36 strikeouts? I believe. Something like that. Yeah. But I feel like because there was so much, because it was 0-0 for so long, there was so much pressure on the batters to perform. So if we can just get a slight lead, then we can just let our pitching do their thing. Mm-hmm. Ian Anderson was great. Max Freed, he kind of had struggled a against the Marlins. great yeah. outing against he the had Marlins. He been doing pretty good. I think after he had he'd won kind of tough inning, but after that he – yeah, he, he locked it down for a couple mornings and then let the bullpen come in. They've been very good all season. Yeah, for the they, most part they did they did their job just fine. And then, you know, the the whole series I think when we shut out the Marlins for the most part in games two and three, it was you know Ian Anderson pitching. You know, was it six or seven innings? Yeah, that no, dude has been insane. Yeah, like no no runs, and then you know continue that. Uh, this NLCS as well, he's been very good for the, the Braves this season. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the ALCS, which has just concluded last night. The Rays, after having a 3 nothing lead, Oof. the Astros come back and win three straight, goes to a game seven, but the Rays take it 4-2 behind a stellar pitching performance from Charlie Morton. The Rays advance to their second World Series in franchise history and their first since 2008. Guys, what did you think about this series? Uh, that was interesting. I mean, when you're up 3-0 in the championship series, I mean, that's kind of it's a little scary when they start when you have the team like the Astros coming back on you and then end up tying the series. I mean, that says something that I mean, it's never it's never really over. You never really know. Yeah. But I mean, I still think they put on like they they did really well. I mean, they've had um, not too familiar with a lot of the Rays players, but I know that their bats were looking pretty good. They have a lot of secondaries with that, and a lot of secondary uh, batters coming and do their parts too. So that was um, really a performance to watch. Astros, though, I'll give them, I'll give it to them. I mean, that uh, that Correa home run that I yeah, saw that five. that that was that was beautiful. I do love a good little uh, walk off like that. So it was a, it was an interesting series, but I'm glad the Rays advanced. That's I think yeah, what we all wanted th- to see in the World Series. Yeah, but. I think it was it was pretty good that that the Rays advanced. It was. It was definitely a, an even series for sure, but uh, you know, I think I think the Astros put up a good fight. Everyone, you know, was trashing on them, of course, but mm. I think they actually didn't do too bad, honestly. No, no, definitely you not. Know? But I would like to mention um, Altuve in particular. I don't. That something was going on with him. He had he a, had, some, he had some a couple of very like an very routine errors, and everyone was very shocked by that. And we're not. Yeah. I mean, I three errors yeah. in two games. He had a lot of of miscues, and they were like throwing errors. They were like, thro- it, it wasn't like it a fielding. He, he's a second baseman, and he can't make throws to either a, a rolling double play, six four three, or just a simple throw to first. Like I don't understand what was going on with him, but. That was something people were talking about, and that was interesting to me. I just, I mean, I guess it happens. I mean, it gets pressure. He had another one in Game 7. I was watching yeah. that. He had another one. It just went straight in the dirt. Gurriel had a really good pick on it, but, yeah, I mean, it was a little close. But, um, I mean, for sure, you got to give it to the Rays, though. Margot had a really good series. And um, that great catch in that one game where he jumped over the fence on Yeah, the yeah, right he side. flipped over yeah. the uh, uh, Rosarena again, still keeping that speed going. Like he's, he's pumping. He's he's been really good throughout this entire postseason. Um, they had a couple other ones. Zunino had a big home run in um one of the games yeah. in game seven. Yeah, he had one yesterday. Uh, my boy G Man Choi. Demon Choi, his an home absolute run in game. Nuke. It was game five. It was, it was game five, right? Because right. it was bottom of the eighth. He hit some home run to tie the game. game. That it thing was, was walloped, yeah. let me tell you. Yeah. I, I watched that a couple of times. He just met barreled, barreled a ball right there, low in the zone, just dropped everything. It looked like a, almost like a Cody Bellinger swing. He just dropped everything and just sent that ball straight up. It was like 450, 450, It was, it was and he knew it too. That was he, that he was, bat flipped and everything. Yeah. Well, G Man Choi so far, <laughs> best player on the race for sure. 
If the Rays win, we're, we're rooting for G-Man Choi to win World Series MVP. G-Man sure. Choi for World Series MVP. <laughs> for sure. He w- I think he hit like 320. He was hitting pretty well. Series. I mean, he's, he's, he's been, been subbing out at first. He and I mean, Diaz have been yeah, rotating Diaz. in and out. But, I mean, he was hitting like, I think he hit 320 in the entire series with two home runs. Yeah. He had two single, singles last night. Yeah, he, he's been kind of slept on, honestly. Yeah, it was his la- in his last like 10 at-bats or something, he got it on base like eight times. Like he had like two home runs, a single, and then five walks. Yeah, he's so been I mean, very, like, he's been very, very efficient for sure. I think the Rays needed that. You know, they have, they have some guys in their in their lineup that are kind of Kiermaier, yeah, <laughs> swing and miss. Yeah, Adamus was terrible. He had like a yeah, one hundred. Adamus was not great. Average. But then you you know they have guys like I think Joey Wendell was in a really bad slump too. He got benched at one mm, point yeah. during the series. But you know guys like a Rosarena or Austin Meadows who who was in who was uh out with coronavirus for the first few few weeks of the season. They've stepped up when the Rays really needed them to, and that's why the Rays are going to the World Series to represent the American League. All right, moving on to the NLCS, Braves-Dodgers. For those of you who don't know, it is uh, Sunday, this, so it's a uh, Game 7. Yeah, is tied Sunday, October 18th, Game 7 is tonight. And I'm extremely We are hoping for the Braves to show up, especially after we take the first two games, and now we're kind of... Falling off a little bit here, <laughs> but we have tonight. We have Ian Anderson starting. Yeah, and Ian Anderson versus Tony Gonsolin, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So it's you know it could be worse. We could have had Kershaw starting in game. Mm, seven. I'd rather have Kershaw's going. And Kershaw's garbage. I, I, I don't. I don't know. Kershaw was not great in his start. I think when we jumped out to that two nothing lead, I knew it was going to be you know a series. I didn't really. I thought maybe in the back of my. Of my my mind, I was maybe hoping that we would just make it easy. Yeah, sweep. it got a little scary but, when we took we we lost yeah. that game fifteen to three. Though. But that was we were an Atlanta sports team. Game three was an absolute disaster. But though that's the, that's the Dodgers yeah. bat showing up though. I expect I expected honestly more of that. I was surprised in the first two games to yeah, see when, how how much we just took advantage of the Dodgers and we kind of just walked all over them. I was like, yeah, uh, when we when they when we only allowed like one run in, in you know in game. Was it only like one in game one? Yeah, it was like yeah. A solo home run that Max Freed gave up, and then our bullpen came in, and you know we shut him down. Didn't that work. Was... Yeah, it was, and then Austin Riley hits a home run. Ozzy Albies hits a home run. Mark Belanson catches two of Ozzy Albies' home runs on back to back days. Yes, that was that was awesome. That but... was that was pretty cool. And then you know the Braves almost blow it in game two. We thought they were going to pull the Falcons. There's a couple of eight, Braves. Eight to three. Yeah. Dodgers come back, make it eight to seven with a guy on third. AJ Pollock grounds out to third yeah. to end the game. That was stressful for sure. Um, you know, I think that kind of we kind of knew the Dodgers bats were had finally woken up in that yeah. game, and then they, and then they come out in game three. Absolutely, Kyle Wright gets two right. outs and gives up like Cut, yeah, that eight was runs. He he had a he gave very, up seven, very, and then Dayton gave up. That was eight. yeah, that was not he that was just unfortunate. Game. It was not good. Bryce Wilson, on the other hand, though, I mean, he did. He Bryce actually he came in. Kershaw. He did start pretty well. He came will, in and had a unbelievable, unbelievable uh, performance. There was sure. just a couple. I mean, on the Dodgers, Corey Seager, he's been he's Corey, been yeah. hot at the plate. Game I mean, five he, and game six, he has been, and even game you know earlier in the series too, he's been mashing. You know, he had he's a three been, yeah. home run in game two. He had a home run yesterday in the first inning. Justin Turner went back to back with him. You know, mm. he had a he had a pretty big home run last night, or uh, not last night, game five that kind of put the game out of reach and gave the Dodgers a yeah. game. A lot of the Dodgers have been teeing up a little bit. Even yeah. even even the the DH Will Smith off of Will Smith. Will Smith hitting a home run <laughs> off of Will Smith. Yeah, Will Smith. Which, on the other hand, our our, uh, our our pitcher Will Smith actually was not. He's it not did not come out to play. No. That's he's, he's not, not been great dealing. this series. Um, that's a, that's been a little dealing. unfortunate. There's just a couple of brave like, and then also Austin Riley. Even though he had that one clutch home run, he has not been. He's not. Been he has not good. been out to yeah. play. Camargo's he, been better this series. Yeah. Austin Riley has struck out an unbelievable amount of times, yeah. especially Walker even Bueller last night. Like when we had the bases loaded, no outs. He. Swings at three straight pitches, misses all of them, strikes out. He it just was, could not catch up to his fastball. Bueller was it was pumping. momentum halter for, and, for sure. Yeah, and he just could not catch up. I think we thought. Yeah. I think we thought when Bueller came in yesterday, because we were looking at the game one. We thought. I mean, Bueller has had that um, that the blisters, uh, the blisters on his hands, yeah. and I I don't know if that affected him all that game. How much game one? It might have. I mean, I'm not sure, but it obviously didn't look like it was affecting him too bad yesterday. But yeah, he he was. 
He was, was he, that was that was the Walker Bueller that I was expecting game one, and he showed up that uh, I mean, yesterday. He, so. he actually didn't even really pitch that bad. He didn't pitch too bad. I'm just saying he only gave up like a lot. one run either. Who was the what was the run? I think it was two. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was one because I think Austin Riley had the go ahead home run in the ninth. Or game. maybe I'm not yeah. sure. So I just feel like we at, saw him a little bit better. Yeah, looking at game seven, we had a three one lead, and now it's tied, and now the Dodgers or the and the Braves have to play game seven. You know, after seeing the Rays win Game Seven last night after blowing a three nothing lead, I kind of have confidence. Oh, I mean, yeah, I have confidence because we have. I Ian know Anderson. it can be done, but we need Ian Anderson. Last year, when it came in into the cl- it came down to the clutch, we fell apart, and I really hope that doesn't happen tonight. We like, we need Ian Anderson to have a good outing. We, we need, need a good five Anders- six if, out innings out of him. If, if we have the lead going into like the sixth or seventh inning, I think we can take it. It's just like yeah, if it's if it's like down to the wire, <laughs> it could go the Dodgers yeah. And we way. can't we can't rely on another huge Ozuna game where he goes four for five with two home runs. We can't rely on that. Has consistent. to produce. It's but that, we need you know, the entire lineup I'm, to produce something just, like that. You know, I'm glad Freeman that and Ozuna yeah. and, and at this point, and maybe a, l- a little bit of Darno and some other guys have had decent. I'm really glad that we have series. Anderson on the hill though, on the bump tonight, because that Anderson's pitching style I really like. He knows you paint you paint your fastballs in places that you can let your you let defense produce. That's what he does. He will paint his fastballs in ways. He's just he's so mechanically gifted. I don't even know how to say it. He know he trusts his defense, and he will paint his fastballs and play in corners and places he knows the defense will get outs. And then he can throw his sliders, cutters, changeups, all those places that almost seem unhittable. And that's what he's been doing. Showed that really well in the Reds game. Um, yeah. So that that I'm glad that out of everybody, he is the pitcher tonight. That makes me feel a little bit better. So yeah, we'll I think, we'll see. I think he's uh he's certainly up for the challenge. You know, he's gone like 22 innings. Yeah. With that. Scoreless so far. Hopefully that happens. Uh, that continues tonight against the Dodgers. You know, Tony Gonsolin. He was. You know, he wasn't doing too great against. I think the the Braves the first time, but you know, he was dealing early. Yeah, so if that I mean, if that happens again, as far as pitching looks, I do think we have an upper hand. We'll just have but, to see how yeah. how we'll have to see how everyone's looking and how everyone feels it out because it yes. can always flip every time. Yeah, I'm I'm sure both teams are extremely nervous for tonight for sure. Um, I certainly hope the Braves win. It's been a it's been 21 years since we last made it to the World Series. But, you know, we hadn't won a playoff series since 2001, hadn't been to the NLCS and since 2001 broke both of those, you know. We hadn't been able to you know, the Marlins had never lost a postseason series until we played them and beat them. So maybe maybe we uh we break another uh maybe we break another curse tonight. I don't know. But we'll see. Hopefully the the Braves pull it out. But you know, either way, whichever whichever team makes it, I think they're gonna have a very tough task with the Rays in the World Series, especially with you oh, know, yeah. the Rays. You know, top three pitchers: Morton, Glasnow, and Snell. You know, they're the, top four in oh, Yarbrough. Yeah. Yarbrough yeah. as well. Their bullpen. You know, Fairbanks, uh, Nick Anderson has been like one of the best relievers in in the entire league over the last few seasons. If you know, whoever, whichever team makes it is going to have to be on their A game against the Rays for sure. Because if if you don't take advantage of these opportunities, the Rays are going to. And you know, we certainly saw that when when the Braves played the Rays earlier in the season. You know, when Fultonevich got hammered for Oof. nine runs. Oh yeah. yeah, they they certainly took advantage of of the the opportunities we gave them. You know, they hit like what. Three or four home runs. Yeah, I think game. it was five. Yeah, actually, it, it was a it lot. Was too much. <laughs> it was too much. But thankfully, Fultonovich is not pitching tonight. Oh yeah. All right, let's move on to the NFL Week Five. All right. So let's start with recapping Week Five. Let's start with the Falcons, shall we? Dan Quinn, finally Dan gone. Dan Quinn, finally fired after the Falcons lose their fifth straight game of the season to open the season against the Panthers. I believe the final score was 23-13, to 13, around there. Yeah, something, something like something that. Like it, it just wasn't a great game. It was not a good game for the Falcons. You know, Offense struggled yet again. 
you know, it, it's it's been or twenty three sixteen actually. It's been very very hard to watch this team, and I think you know. Arthur Blank finally made the right decision. He fired Dan Quinn, and he also fired Thomas Dimitrov, the team GM, which I think that's also a pretty good decision. He's mm-hmm. he. It was time for him to go too. I think it's time for for us to kind of rebuild a little bit. But although we played terrible, the offense was awful. Todd Gurley did have a very good game. His first 100 yard rushing game in a very long time. You know, joined a uh, a really good group of of running backs to score 75. Or a, a players to score seventy five plus touchdowns before turning twenty seven, among them guys like Randy Moss or Ladainian Tomlinson who are Hall of Famers. I think this was probably the worst. No, actually, that's not true. It was not. It, it was not a good game for the defense. You know, it didn't show because the Panthers only scored like twenty three points, but they could not stop Mike Davis at all. He was Mike Davis was just running all over the Falcons all mm. day. For sure, I, th- I think it was a a pretty decent decision for for Dan Quinn to be fired finally. I mean, yeah, I was um, I didn't tune in much to that Panthers game. I just know we have a shout out my boy Jacob. I know we got Jacob Panthers fan, so I know he was a little happy to see that. But um, I'm just glad that they finally um Dan Quinn's on the gun. We just take this season as a bust, rebuild, and then we'll see how we can go in the coming years. Yeah, um, I mean, getting rid of Dimitrov, because I feel like Dimitrov has not done a, the best job drafting. Like, he's done, he's gotten a couple good draft picks, but, I mean, if you think about it, like, we had Vic Beasley, and he's gone because he had one good productive season, and then he just didn't really do anything. Like, we've we've drafted players that have been one year solid, and then they just kind of don't do anything in the next couple years, and I feel like that's definitely needed to... That definitely needs to change. And then, I mean, we brought Dan Quinn in to do our defensive coaching because he came from Seattle the couple years that Seattle was Super Bowl back-to-back champions. Or not back-to-back champions. uh, Super Bowl back-to-back. Yeah, back-to-back conference champions. Yeah, Yeah, so, I mean, like the... It didn't show up. Dan Quinn never got that defense going. We've always sort of had the offense. We've had Matt Ryan. We had... Julio, we've had, I mean, a mix of running backs, but they've all been good, I guess you could say. Pretty decent. Yeah, and I think that, like, we just need, um, we just needed a coaching change. And so I was talking to my dad, and we were just both saying that we could get uh, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. He's, Eric Bieniemy, yeah. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy. He's been very good. You know, he's... He's not too old, I don't think. He's no, he's he's fairly like fairly young. He's, he's fairly like young, and I mean, if he can get the Chiefs offense going, like I mean, if imagine if the Falcons with all the weapons that we have have a Chiefs offense, yeah, we might need Style. to get rid of uh, Matt Ryan. I feel like he's definitely on the decline. There's a couple teams that could use a new yeah. quarterback. 49ers, 49ers specifically, them, yeah. because I mean, if you think about it. Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt. Nick Mullins complete garbage. They have CJ beat hard or whatever his name is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, not that great. So, I mean, you can't rely on them. They should go with Matt Ryan. He's a proven veteran. He's an MVP. Like, I feel like if the 49ers picked up Matt Ryan, their team would be very good. Yeah. Despite having a lot of injuries. So. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, you know Matt Ryan, his MVP season. Who was the offensive coordinator? Kyle Shanahan, now the head coach of the 49ers. So if Matt Ryan, you know, has this kind of scheme that Kyle Shanahan set up when he was the offensive coordinator, Matt Ryan could thrive. I think if you surround him with a little bit more weapons, because it seems like the the 49ers offense is like it's not filled with you know star names. They just have guys like you know. Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, and Jarek McKinnon, who are just producing enough and that have been very good. You know, their wide receiving core is really not that great. They did draft Brandon Ayuk, who's had a, a pretty decent start to the season. But I think the a team like the 49ers could, could definitely use someone like Matt Ryan, you know. I think for the Falcons to maybe take another step, we need a new quarterback, maybe someone mobile. mobile. Yeah. You know, Trevor Lawrence is, you know... More mobile in the pocket than Matt Ryan, for sure. I don't think. I don't think that maybe the Jets are going to even take him because you know they already have they Sam have Darnold. Darnold. Yeah, yeah. I, all the really bad teams have a quarterback that yeah. they want to roll with. Like the Giants want to 
want Daniel Jones to succeed, you know. The Jets want Sam Darnold to succeed, but he's not going to until Adam Gase is fired. It's been a it's been miserable for him up there. Um, you know, the Bengals just drafted Joe Burrow. Got teams like that that are rebuilding don't really need a quarterback. So if we're low in the if we're high up in the draft, I could see us taking Trevor Lawrence and maybe trading Matt Ryan and I, getting a, you know a first round pick maybe even from the, the 49ers. We could definitely use you know another first rounder, although they haven't really been spent wisely. But now most that we're going time. with Dimitrov, now that Dimitrov's on, we're gonna maybe have better drafting. But I think like what you were saying, like with all the teams that are not performing well this season, I think the Falcons are in a unique spot because we have the talent and we don't have a young quarterback. We have yeah. we're the only like football team that has a veteran quarterback in. That is still doing poorly. I mean, the only other team that you say that you can um that you uh that you could um put in that category might be the Washington football team. Um because the Washington football team, I mean they have Alex Smith now, now that Dwayne Haskins is gone. I mean, who knows how well Alex Smith's leg's gonna hold up. I mean his yeah, leg his, is basically a titanium rod at this point. Yeah, we'll yeah Aaron Donald <laughs> kind of sacked Alex oh, yeah, Smith on like the first pl- or one of the first yeah. plays. I, I think that um, yeah, the football team could maybe use they could Trevor also Lawrence. use his, yeah football, uh, an actual like quarterback. But I I I did some thinking about it, and I mean, if you think about it, this is Dak Prescott's year that he's up contract. for contract and I don't know how much they, money he's going to want though that's the that, thing but it depends like if we can get we have some cap space if we get rid of Matt Ryan trade him away we free up cap space that we didn't have yeah, I think Dak Prescott would consider fact. signing if let's say we get Eric Bieniemy and then we have that offense going I think Dak Prescott's a good option for us I think Dak he's Prescott with decent. He's he's he has weapons in uh, Dallas, so he's not going to be new to having weapons. It's it's definitely probably a new play style compared to what they have in Dallas right now. But I mean, if Andy Dalton performs well, they're going to stick with Andy Dalton because he's cheaper than what Dak wants. Yeah. If he performs just as well and brings him there, then that's fine. Yeah. And I also saw this thing, and it was if the Cowboys tank this year, if they absolutely tank, if they since right now they're one in four. Yeah, they're if not they, playing very if well. If they tank and the, they end up low, they could end up drafting a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, someone or like someone that, new. Yeah. Get rid of Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott. Have plenty of cap space to sign other people. They may just keep Andy Dalton. Yeah, but that's but if Andy Dalton, yeah, let's I, say Andy Dalton doesn't perform, they're gonna go with a new quarterback because their record's not gonna be great. There's no reason for them to sign Dak Prescott, which means Dak Prescott's available as long as his ankle isn't completely destroyed. Oh, yeah, I, just see how that looks, though. I mean, I mean we could sign Dak Prescott and have Eric Bieniemy, and that's a very good-looking team. And then we just draft all defense. Yeah, we need to. If we if we do have multiple first-round picks, let's say we do trade away Matt Ryan this offseason and we get a first-round pick for him. One of them definitely needs to be spent on a cornerback. Our secondary has been god awful this season, and then we we could use another, you know, pass rusher, something like that. We need impact players, and we don't have many of those on defense. You know, Grady Jarrett has been ridiculous this season, but he has no help on that on that defensive line. So all they have to do is double team him. Dante Fowler has not, you know, we paid him a lot of money this off season, and he hasn't done anything barely. Tack McKinley's been poor; he's been injured. You know. We've had a lot of injuries, but it's still been very disappointing for sure. All right, moving on to the Thursday night football game from last week, Buccaneers-Bears. The Bears improved to 4-1. and one. Nick Foles beats Tom Brady again. Tom Brady forgetting that his fourth down in a crucial situation. Tom Brady's dead. <laughs> Tom Brady's dead, Nick Foles. As the Bears improved to 4-1, and one, the Bucks fall to 3-2, and two, I believe. You know, I think... You have to give the Bears credit. I think this was kind of their first game where people thought it was going to be a challenge and that the Bucks were were better and they actually, you know, won a game they may not have actually been expected to win. I mean, yeah, like Tom Brady needs to know it's fourth down. He's, yeah. He's been, been in the league since 99. 
He's played Wait, in. Oh yeah, it was like two thousand. So, yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying. He's he's played almost twenty seasons of football. He's forty two. He's done this plenty of times. He's got to be leading the league right now in game winning drives, and he forgets his fourth down in a clutch situation. That it it just that it kind of sums up Tom Brady. Like he's still good. He had a good game, but he he didn't. He's not as good as he used to be. I think a couple of years ago, he leads them down. They go, they score the end. We're we're talking about the Bucks winning four one, or we're just not talking about it at all because it's not that big of a deal. But I mean, Tom Brady's got to remember that. Yeah, it, there's really no excuse for that. I don't think. But I think the Bears defense had a pretty decent game. You know, they haven't really been the same since they won the the AFC North. I think that's partly because. Vic Fangio, who was the defensive coordinator, left to become the head coach of the Broncos, where he's had a pretty rough season. But Khalil Mack, you haven't really heard much about him, but that's because he's getting double teamed on the line like almost all the time. But yeah. he's still producing, you know, he's still getting to the QB. He's just not getting like the stats that everyone focuses on, like the you know sacks, the tackle, big numbers, yeah, yeah, tackles for losses, stuff like that. But I, I think. The Bears' defense is actually not that not that bad. I, they've been playing de- pretty decently, I think, after w- watching them play the Buccaneers. You know, with all the weapons they have, they played very good. I I think the Bears should be should uh, should build off of this. You know, I think their their schedule is definitely going to get a little bit tougher as they go up against their division opponents in the future, like the Packers, the Vikings, who even though they're you know one and four, have not really looked that bad the last few weeks. All right, moving on to a big upset. Raiders give the Chiefs their first loss, 40-32 to victory at Arrowhead for John Gruden's team. Um, You know, no one was expecting this one for sure. I think everyone expected the Chiefs would handle the Raiders, but, you know, Derek Carr had a big day. So did Josh Jacobs for sure. You know, even though Patrick Mahomes did have a decent game, the Raiders kind of just came out to play, and they did, they did very well, I think. Yeah, um, the Chiefs don't look the same. They don't look like the team that they were last year. I think a couple big injuries on the O-line and a couple people just not returning for the season has definitely definitely made them look not as good. Um, but I think that the Chiefs, like they're still a Super Bowl contender no matter what. They have Patrick Mahomes. They got plenty of weapons. And they did just sign Le'Veon Bell. They did just sign. They, oh, they're playing. Yeah. They're playing Madden on no cap space. Yes, they have. They have about. They have two of the best okay. running backs from the 2010s. They have Lashawn McCoy, even though he hasn't played very much. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got to remember that. So that. Oh, they do have Lashawn McCoy, and they also have Clyde edwards helaire and Le'Veon Bell. So they have a scary looking running back core. If it was if like, it was like 2015. 2015, if it was 2015, yeah. this this group would be unstoppable. Be, yeah, it would be ridiculous, you know. But Sammy not. Watkins, even if it was 2015, him he was his him as a rookie wasn't too bad either. I think you know this was just less you know a disappointment for the Chiefs than it was just a really good win by the Raiders. The Raiders have showed up against. They've come to play against the really good teams in the league. You know, they beat the Saints the other week, or the week two, I believe, on Monday Night Football. Had a very impressive win this week against the Chiefs. I think they could they could be making strides. You know, their team's actually – it's quietly becoming very good. They've, they've made the most of their draft picks for sure. All right, moving on to the Battle of Pennsylvania. Eagles-Steelers. Steelers take it by – Nine points. Chase Claypool, the rookie from Notre Dame, has a four-touchdown day, completely runs all over the Eagles' defense, which is kind of in tatters at, at this point in time. You know, he, Chase Claypool had an absolute monster day in fantasy. Nobody had him. Yeah. 43 points. Let's hope he, he, he produces for my fantasy team. I'm going to need it this week for sure. But um, I think this was the first game where the Steelers had it in a – you know, an explosion of of offense. You know, they were really struggling on the, the offensive side of the ball. The defense had carried them to three really good wins. But uh, I think the Steelers are proving that they're legit, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the big game from Chase Claypool definitely bailed them out. 
I think I so. think without a big game from Chase Claypool, they don't win that at all. But I mean, coming from Chase Claypool, who I've like legitimately never yeah, heard of, was, like I heard of him once because he had one week. Because I remember you were Gunner, you were talking about picking him up, so you picked him up. He and they did, did absolutely he, he nothing. He did play Georgia last year in college. He had a very big game. Yeah. It was just interesting, this, like, nobody, just, or not, not nobody anymore, but no one really knew him, and he just came out and just did that. The Steelers, put up absolutely, you know, like. The Steelers, just, again, they're making the most of their draft. Yeah, I mean, they are 4-0. I mean, yeah, like. They're, <laughs> they drafted, they have not drafted a single wide receiver in the first round in the last 10 years. Among those that they've drafted, you know, Chase Claypool, Antonio Brown in the <laughs> sixth round 10 years ago. I mean, he's kind of gone insane, but he, Antonio <laughs> Brown is he was ridiculous in his prime. Yeah. And Juju has been very good. So is Deontay Johnson. Guys like that, they're using their draft picks wisely. You know, they won't, you know, the Steelers are, are continuity at its finest. They're always going to be a good football team. They had an ex- excellent defense last year. It was just the offense was kind of struggling. But I think the Steelers are back. They're going to definitely compete with the Ravens for the AFC North title. It's going to be a a fun a fun uh, fun race to watch for sure. The AFC North is is slowly becoming one of the best divisions in football. It seemingly you know goes back and forth between certain teams every or certain divisions every year. But I think the AFC North is emerging as a as a powerhouse division with you know three teams that are are legit playoff contenders now. Even the Browns are are four and one at this point in time. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can't really count on that division. The Browns actually showing up this year. The Steelers showing up now that Surprising. Big Ben's back. And then, I mean, the Ravens are going to be good for Ravens. a while. But, I mean. Weirdly enough, though, their defense has been not better great. than their No, it's been very good. Better than their offense almost, you know. Last week, I, they oh, scored yeah, 28 yeah. fantasy points, held the Bengals to three points. Like, two fumble recoveries, an interception. You know, a return touchdown on one of those fumble recoveries. They were all over the field making plays. Joe Burrow had a miserable week, to be honest. But the Ravens have performed extremely well against their division opponents. It's going to be interesting when the Ravens play the Steelers the the two times this year. It's it's probably going to be a very good matchup. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the Sunday night football game, the Vikings and the Seahawks. Early part of the game was all Dalvin Cook running all over the Seahawks defense until he pulls his groin and has to leave in the third quarter. He's now out this week yes, against sir. the Falcons, which is not what good for I my need. fantasy team. He's on Gunner's fantasy team, and I'm playing him this week. That's yeah. what I want. I'm probably going to lose, even though he's playing Antonio Gibson as his number one running back. Anyway, after that, it was all Seahawks. Seahawks come back on the final play of the drive. Minnesota makes a questionable decision, goes for it on fourth down and goal. At the five yard line, try or uh, I don't think I was. Actually, it was it was in the red zone. It was like the yeah, it was like fourth. Yeah. And, it was like fourth and two at the five. They went went for it, didn't get it. Seahawks go the length of the field. Russell Wilson throws a pass, a game winning touchdown to DK Metcalf, and the Seahawks pull out yet another close victory. Improved to five and zero going into their bye week. They've had some very close games. You know the Cowboys winning that one at the last minute. You know they've had another. You know the Dolphins game was really kind of close as well. Yeah, they gotta. But they gotta. The defense has to step it up for the Seahawks for sure. The offense has been ridiculous. The offense has been producing numbers. Like Chris Carson has been really good. Um, This week though, on his on Sam's fantasy team. Yeah, the DK Metcalf um, has been Tyler Lockett. Like those two. The receivers, along with Russell Wilson, just throwing absolute dimes. Absolute dots. I mean, Russell Wilson is still in the lead for MVP for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, he started that Vikings game with 40 yards, but he was 4 for 4. The second half, he went 11 for 11 and had, like, he was 15 for 15 on his first 15 passes with, like, 200 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, he like, was very efficient. The the game looked almost out of hands at the first half. It was 13 to 0. Something like yeah, that. The Vikings were up pretty pretty big at, and at then first. Russell Wilson leads them down first drive, scores in like two minutes, then they get a fumble recovery or a pick or something in Viking territory. Scored again, now it's a fourteen thirteen game within the first five minutes of the third quarter. Like the it definitely have can helped. shift a game on its on its head in a in a in like you know, like that. You know, it's it's almost remarkable what they're doing. I think 
if they even get a little bit out of their defense, they could be easily they could easily be super. Yeah, Bowl they've also been without Jamal Adams these past two weeks. Yeah, Jamal, and then it's kind of showed because they haven't had the best games. Yeah. on defense for sure. All right, time to make our week six predictions. First off, we got the Texans playing the Titans. Uh, I'm gonna take the Titans. I think they stay undefeated. Derrick Henry, I think the the Texans run defense is yeah. very weak. I think Derrick Henry is a huge game. I think Derrick the Henry in a clobber him definitely Titans. Titans yeah. for sure. All right, Ravens-Eagles, interesting game. Ravens have started off kind of hot. Eagles have not started off hot. But uh, I think the the Ravens' defense is the storyline in this one. I think the Ravens take it. Lamar Jackson does just enough to take uh, the Ravens to, I believe, be 5-1. and But I I think the Eagles are going to struggle against this Ravens' defense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just based off records, Ravens look just the better team. The Ravens are definitely the better team. There's no doubt about it. Falcons Vikings 0 and 5 versus 1 and 4 two of the most disappointing teams to start the season. I mean, <laughs> I think I think the Vikings will take it. I think it'll be a competitive game for the first time we're going to see the Falcons play. But I think the Vikings, you know, the the Falcons defense is is still not going to change even after Dan Quinn has been fired. I I think the Vikings take it, but it'll be close. Yeah, I got I got no faith in the Falcons, <laughs> Vikings. I'll have faith when I see a win. Yeah, I I, or, yeah, exactly. I think uh, Madison runs all over the Falcons this this week, and I think uh, Thielen has probably a big game. Justin Jefferson, they're probably all gonna have big games against Falcons. Garbage, yeah. Swiss cheese looking Swiss secondary cheese looking over defense, here. Yeah. yeah, holes all all over the place. All right, Brown Steelers. That's a that's an interesting game. Both teams have started off very hot, but I think the Steelers. It'll be a closer game than people think. I think most people are probably predicting the Steelers to blow out the Browns, but I think the Steelers defense comes to play mm-hmm. and and uh, takes care of business against. I the agree. Browns. I think Steel. I think the Steelers are going to take that, but people are like not sleeping on the Browns. I mean, I think the Steelers are the better team, but I, I do think it'll be a good game. But I take Steelers. I'm gonna switch it up. I'm going with the Browns. I think Odell. Could just, I mean, yeah, has a work. really good game because I don't know how great I don't know how much how tested that Steelers secondary has been. Yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick has been very good. He's been but good, besides but that, I don't I, think you know. I I don't really remember their corners, which let me tell you a little bit about. The yeah, so secondary. I don't think that their defense has been that tested. Because if you look at who they've gone against, it's been the Eagles, the Giants, the Giants, you know, the the Broncos Actually, with true. no like real no receivers because they yeah. got injured. Eagles. So I think the Browns with this is the their first, first real yeah, they test. Had a pretty easy schedule. I have the Browns taking. I think Odell and Jarvis Landry have big games today. Yeah, I think Kareem Hunt may also have a pretty big game if the Browns do win. That's the X factor for sure. Bengals Colts. This is an interesting one, but I think I'm going to actually take the Bengals. I think there's an upset, and I think you find it here. I think Joe Burrow has a another. Very decent game. I think besides last week, the Bengals have been in every game that they've played. They've been competitive for the first time in a little while. But uh, I think the Colts' the Colts' defense is very good, but I think Joe Burrow's up to the task. I think mm. he, he squeezes out a win against the Colts, and the Bengals' defense does just enough to, to stop Phillip Rivers and company. Yeah, I'm going to go with my boy Joe Burrow. I got faith in my boy. Brother. I'm going to go. I, I'll go Bengals, too. That'll be, that'll be an interesting game to watch yeah. if I'm seeing that one. I Yeah. Game. I think the Colts defense shuts them out. They blitz enough. Colts defense has been pretty hot, though. I yeah. think that they blitz a lot. The Bengals O-line also looks like Swiss cheese. I think Joe Burrow oh, yeah. has a huge what amount of Swiss sacks. Cheese? It's all holes. Yeah, I it's, think. There's no cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think there's uh, a ton of sacks today. Joe Burrow gets absolutely rocked a couple of times. Like he did against the Eagles. Yeah, he, He's going to die soon enough. I, I think the Colts' defense is good enough yeah. to stop the Bengals from scoring. Yeah. All right, Lions-Jaguars, two of the worst franchises in the league. But I think I'm going to take the Lions. I think they haven't actually been playing that bad. You know, They've beaten the Cardinals, which is a pretty decent win. I think Matthew Stafford and uh, Kenny Galladay have a – a big connection in this game. There's not really much the Jaguars can yeah. do to stop them. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I'm, I'll go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lions too. Just that's yeah. that's kind of just toss up. I, don't, I actually yeah. don't. I couldn't really. That's gonna be. A, it's kind of a toss up game. Yeah. Although most teams aren't really that great. Yeah. So I uh, I haven't really watched either team that yeah. much. I'll take the Lions. I say <laughs> if the Jaguars win, James Robinson has a huge game and does a ton yeah. of work. 
scoring a lot of points, like ton of yards. If the Lions win, they hold James Robinson and Galladay and Matthew Stafford have a good yeah. connection today. Yeah. Bears Panthers. Um, I'm gonna keep this one short. I think the Panthers actually beat the Bears. They've been playing very good. Their offense has been clicking on all cylinders. They're a well coached team. I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater has a pretty decent game against the Bears defense today. I agree. Yeah, I think. Um, actually, I don't know. Uh, nah, I was, I'm gonna I'm 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 say Bears. Bears. I, yeah, I'm gonna actually. I'm I mean, gonna say you Bears. know, it's actually I, not a bad pick. It's 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 like and again, it's another toss up. It all comes down to whoever plays better. Honestly. Yeah, it's just that's like that. Yeah, it's they're just about the same level of perfor- outperform the other team. Talent. I'm actually I'm gonna say Bears. Uh, I'm gonna have to stick with the uh, Panthers on this one. I think Bridgewater has a good game. Yeah. I think Mike Davis has a good game. I think if they can contain Khalil Mack, I think Robbie Anderson probably has a good game. So I yeah. think the Bears, the Bears need to get to Teddy Bridgewater to have a chance in this game. Okay. Football team versus the Giants. Um, oh, this is awful. This is yeah, an awful game. This is tough. This is not good. I'm going to take the football team this week. Um, the one thing about the football team is that their pass defense is really good, and the Giants O-line, again, Swiss cheese. That's why Saquon Barkley's injured right now, most likely. But I think the the football team just just enough on offense it's going to be a really low scoring game but i'm going to take the football team in an upset yeah i'm going to take the fo- that's just going to be that's just not a, <laughs> that's not a not a game right there i'm going to take the football team but i'm going to take the giants uh, i think the giants looked good yes last week against the yeah. cowboys yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe broncos patriots uh that's a pretty easy one i'll think i'll take the patriots in that one the patriots, broncos are pretty, are pretty there's, there's not much you can say about that Broncos are very injury-riddled. I think Cam Newton has a pretty big bounce-back game after having coronavirus. Jets-Dolphins, this is the worst game I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know. That, actually, I don't that know. Giants no, football team Giants might be football worse. Team actually, that might be no. worse. The Dolphins are Dolphins actually not make, bad. Dolphins make it better. They blow out the Jets. The Jets are awful. Dolphins take that The Dolphins, I think Fitzmagic has another really big game. Probably Miles Gaskin will go off just because Sam's playing me this yes, week. Yes, sir. We'll, we'll move Gaskin. on. Packers, Buccaneers. That's a that's, that's, a, good, that's, a, good that's a good game. game with game. Rogers and Brady. Rogers versus Brady. First time they've played each other in a little bit. Both but, uh, very good armed veterans. Yeah. I think I'm going to take the Packers in this game. Devontae Adams is back now. Buccaneers yeah, defense has not been playing as well as they could have. Buccaneers still aren't really playing on all cylinders. Aaron Rodgers is on fire. I think I'm going Packers. I think the Packers offense carries them to a win here. Shout out to Drew. I got the books. Uh, Tom Brady has Mike Money. Evans and Chris Godwin back. Or Mike, or Chris Godwin back specifically. Mike yeah. Evans has been iffy with injuries, so I think I think Brady finds his feet to this week. It's a high scoring duel, and I think Aaron Jones has a big game. But I think Tom Brady finds his feet and has a big game to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. All right, moving on to Rams 49ers on Sunday Night Football. Um, I think I'm going to take the Rams. The 49ers defense has not looked very good, honestly. I think the Rams passing attack is going to is going to lead them to a win in here. Mm, yeah, I might have to go with the Rams. I don't know, like I don't know much about that. 49ers series, have not. Yeah. They've had a lot of injuries. I'm taking 49ers. I think the defense does enough. Holds Jared Goff. Week, you think? Yeah, well, that's what you're saying that because that's on my fantasy team. Yeah, also that I need the 49ers to win, but I think the uh, for sure I think that the uh, 49ers think they have a big week. I think the defense comes in clutch. They have Mostert back now at full health. I think Mostert runs for a big game today, so I think I have the 49ers for this one. All right, Chiefs Bills. This is probably easily the game of the week. In an upset, I'm going to take the Bills in this one. They had a very rough week last week against the Titans, getting blown out by 26. But I'm going to take the Bills this week. I think they'll uh, they'll have a bounce back week. I think Josh Allen will have a mm-hmm. have a prove it game against the Chiefs. I want to say the Bills because like I know Josh Allen can perform. Yeah, but I just I got to go with the Chiefs. Chiefs. I'm not. I just don't want to. I don't. I don't feel comfortable yet putting it past the Chiefs that they're still not a very very good team. So I'm going to give it to the Chiefs. Yeah, big good game there. What about you, Sam? Mm, I got the Chiefs. Chiefs. I think I I think Patrick Mahomes outduels mm-hmm. uh what's his name? 
Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he uh, duels Josh Allen. All right. And Chiefs. Final game of the week, Cardinals-Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Um, I, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I think Kyler Murray is going to have a huge game against the Cowboys uh, yeah, I think Kyle, defense. Kyle I don't off. think – I'm calling it now. Kenyon Drake is scoring almost no points because he's on my yes, fantasy sir. team. And they're not going to use them. They're just going to let Kyler Murray run half the time. So I'm going to take the Cardinals. The Cowboys is yeah. the Cowboys defense is, is really riddled with injury. Got they're not going to be able sure. to stop DeAndre Hopkins for sure. Uh, I think I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think um, Andy Dalton has a good game and just absolutely destroys the Cardinals defense. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take. Uh... All right, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you guys for listening. If you have any feedback, just let us know.